What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Are you ready to roll, or are you just staring at your phone the whole time? Yeah, I'm re- ready you're, to roll. You're ready to go. Dropping the to phone. Go. Yep. You're diving in. Diving in. I'm focused. You're focused? Yes. Are you nervous? A little bit. Are you? Yeah. There's nothing to be nervous about. Yeah, I know. I'll embarrass myself more than you can embarrass yourself, so... So maybe it's you that I'm nervous about. <laughs> Me making you look bad? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right on. So, Adrian, welcome to the podcast. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for like a long time. A long time. Yeah. Because I don't know, I feel like getting women on the podcast for me has been virtually impossible. Yeah. Women don't like to really dive into a lot of subject matter. In my experience, I know other people have different experiences. But I agree with that. You've heard me complain to you about it for like nine months. At least. At least. Uh, so I'm extremely excited to finally get to sit down. You just came back from an epic trip in Hawaii. You guys also went to Texas this year. We all went down to Bitterwater, which was a whole nother level of excitement. So awesome, yeah. You had an archery trip in Colorado. You kind of just get to live this luxurious life running all over the place. It's (laughs) pretty neat. Right? Yep. Right? So. That's what I like to think. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Legion OST DIY Outdoors Podcast. Today, we are broadcasting to you live from West Coast Archery in Petaluma, California. It is the pro shop that Anthony and myself both go to for our arrows, for all of our needs and supplies. So if you're in the Bay Area, come on down and and, uh, give it a little visit. Um, So, Adrian, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit. I gotcha. A little bit about myself. Okay. Um, All right. My name's Adrienne Olifs. My husband and I own West Coast Archery Shop. I was born and raised in Sonoma County. I stuck around here and went to school at Sonoma State. I got a degree in environmental studies and planning from Sonoma State, and then I went to graduate school to get a teaching credential. Uh, I've been a teacher for 14 years now, along with running the archery shop. I'm a wife and a mom and a bow hunter. And Carter is a savage killer Carter. as well. I mean, it's in his blood. It's so. in his blood, for sure. For sure. We'll just yeah. tack that one on to blood yeah, origins yeah. right there. It's definitely, it's definitely in his blood. So wait, you got a degree in environmental studies? Mm-hmm. So what is that like? Well, actually, I, it was kind of a like a mental toss-up for me because uh-huh. I knew I wanted to do something in the outdoors, but I also wanted to do something in education. So this degree had like an emphasis in education also, so I can bring it into the classroom as well. So it was just kind of the perfect marriage for me. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. I, I was just thinking like we talk all the time. Yeah. There's probably a lot of stuff in here that you actually don't know about yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> right? Wow. So what was that like? I mean, did you ever want to get into like biology or yeah, anything absolutely. like that? Yeah. yeah. 
It, I just, it, it has always been like, what do I want to do? Something in biology or in the outdoors or in teaching? And it just. Well, and, and hunting and biology and, and yeah. the environment yeah. and all of that stuff goes so hand in and hand. And education, yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Should get you to start teaching hunters education classes. Oh, I need one more thing to do. I should yeah. definitely Let's do that. Let's just add to that list. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun though. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. What I, I what was your favorite thing that you learned about that? Like in college? Yeah, in an in environmental studies. Um, like the, my favorite topic. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't, there's so many, they're all connected, you know, and just, mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing is how everything's connected and, mm-hmm. and carries over into my life today too. So I don't, I don't think I can put my finger on a particular. On one individual item. Yeah. Did they teach in environmental studies? Do they teach, and this is, I'm flying off the, off the hip here. Yep. Do they teach anything about the Robertson-Pittman Act or any taxation of the hunting community or outdoor no. gear and how that goes into conservation or preservation? No. That's interesting. Oh, it is interesting because there's like a whole course on like the political science piece of it, which mm-hmm. I think would fall into that. But Yeah. And they might now. I don't know. It's yeah. been a while, but they didn't. Yeah. We didn't touch on that then. I wonder. That I mean, I'm just curious because I feel like that's such an important part of the education and understanding yeah. of wildlife and preservation. Yeah. But it also, at the same time, because I think most colleges are just indoctrinating academies of one way and right. no other In the way. Box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if today they are teaching how hunting and and taxes all plays a role in conservation and and how hunters are the ones primarily doing all the fundraising yeah. for outdoors i i would bet that they don't word it like that yeah <laughs> it needs to be politically correct it. it depends on what you know what area of study you're in but yeah definitely not i feel like that's kind of my bridge now it's mm-hmm. like coming from an educated place that's how i can bridge to other people yeah who, who aren't aware, you know, or just don't right. have that education. Yeah, and it's so funny as as a hunter, and having spent you know so much time growing up in Marin and everything mm-hmm. like that, the amount that I get to educate people, and and same for you with growing up in Sonoma County. I mean, more so nowadays than mm-hmm. probably when you were younger in your younger years, but especially with the archery shop. Because how many people come into the archery shop that are here to pick up a traditional bow or, you know, something like that, that maybe they saw, what was that movie where everybody started buying trad bows? Hunger Games. Hunger Games. <laughs> so how many people it. came in that were like completely uneducated about hunting that wanted to pick up a bow and then you kind of maybe got to play a little bit of a role in passing along correct yeah. knowledge instead of what's deemed politically correct yeah. knowledge. Yeah, we get kind of that whole array where yeah. we get the, those people. Yeah. We get, like, the moms who come in who want organic meat for their kids. Yeah. We get kind of a little bit of everything, so it's, yeah. it's cool to have those opportunities. That's rad, man. I never even, until now, I've just never even thought that much about it. Yeah. You know, because I don't care. But, I mean, I do <laughs> care, but you know what I mean. You're fully invested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just the way of life for me. So. Yeah. You it's know. true, yeah. But right on. So going from there and and getting into the archery shop, how did you guys come up with the idea together? Because you, you and Hans have been together for 
I mean, shit, since they like, crushed I, grapes and created wine. Right. Like, I feel super <laughs> old, but we've been together since we were teenagers. Yeah. It's been, like, 19 years. Yeah. That's like, crazy. Like, we grew up together. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So. But I'm not super old. But you're not. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Disclaimer. Not going to throw out any ages or anything. But, um, so, where did you guys, because he originally was working at Lagunitas. Yeah. So, where did you guys come up with the idea of, like, hey, let's start an archery shop because I remember coming back and having to call because the original right, shop yeah. hours were like impossible oh it was like three hours a day <laughs> yeah. yeah at the end of the day at the, from like four to seven <laughs> yeah. yeah which makes sense yeah. because that's when everybody gets off work but yeah. yeah 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 we so he he's just always been so passionate about archery and about mm-hmm. bow hunting he's like he's just lived this life growing up like this and he was just kind of like the go-to guy for questions and setups and yeah can you fix this for me what do you recommend for this and that and it just whenever you can make a business or a dream out of your passion it's always just like the most amazing thing so we just kind of took this leap and he was working full-time i was working full-time we had a new baby and we thought well let's just throw one more thing on and we started the shop across the street that was just three hours a day and add to the list yeah just like never ending burning the candle at both ends you know but that's awesome because yeah. for me it's been a place that i've always come to is, yeah. is i mean i don't know about ever since it's been open but for years and years when it was back across the street yeah. like instead of driving out because i used to drive out to sweeney's yeah, Napa. And, and Napa. Mm-hmm. I used to drive out there and like, let me tell you, dude, that drive from Marin to Napa. Yeah, that's rough. To go look at yeah. some archery equipment. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. It just kind of, it gave us an opportunity to kind of dip our toes in and see what the needs were and yeah. then go from there. Bridge the gap. Here we are, right? Right. Building and bridges, not walls. Exactly. <laughs> that's sorry, the goal. Sorry. <laughs> throwing out jokes. Um, so... How'd you end up getting into hunting? Were you into hunting prior to no becoming into the archery world? Uh, no. So I, my parents were super adventurous, and we drove all over the country and camped everywhere, and mm-hmm. we fished and all that stuff. But we, I don't have the typical like, oh, my dad took me to deer camp story. Like we didn't <laughs> do that, you know. So well. it was. Um, I was definitely open to things. And then when when we met, side note, his parents call him Hans. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call him Hans. He introduces himself to people as Hans because when he says Hans, people say three times, what is it? What yeah. is it? So it's kind of like a Hans secret would be knock, like a right? H-A-N-C-E. Right. Like so what, like once you know different. him, you know yeah. he's Hans, right? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so when we first met, he was obviously super into this. So I thought, well, let's do this. It looks like fun. And. I think I got a hand-me-down bow from him before they made any kind of women's bows, and he got it fitted to me, and I think I shot my first turkey with it, like, 15 years ago, and... Wow. Here we are. Well, actually, I didn't... So, I didn't always... I think this might come up later, but I didn't always um, bow hunt. I Mm -hmm. think I shot my first buck or two bucks with a rifle. Oh, really? Yeah, and then once I shot my turkey with my bow, we just... I, I, like, couldn't go back. Uh Uh-huh. It's just that addicted to archery. Yeah, it's like being yeah. really in the moment and just sucking up everything around yeah. you, you know? So I love archery. For me, archery is like the bee's knees when it comes to being outdoors. There's no 
there's no better feeling for me being outside with a bow. Like, yeah, do I love rifle hunting? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I rifle hunt all over the place? Absolutely. But for me, my true passion really comes out more through archery. Yeah, it's a different feeling, you for know. sure. Yeah. Um, so, what was, you said you killed a couple deer with your bow, with your rifle. Mm-hmm. And then what was your decision of like, wow, I love archery and taking your first animal with a, with a bow? I think it was after that. And turkeys are always like a good way to get somebody into archery, you know, especially yeah. if it's like your wife or a, a female, it's usually like an easy bridge to get. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably what happened with me. But after I shot my turkey with my bow, I was like, all right, I, this, I'm not going back to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... You know, it's just a whole different, different ball game. So, I think that was it for me. And you, you just kind of fell in love with it, became yeah. your passion. Yeah, and I was just ready to move on to the next things. We were doing a lot of three D tournaments and um, just kind of taking risks in that way, doing new things. And I was just ready to adventure on and do. Oh, that's awesome! And, yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah. So, I kind of started out with mentioning all the different places that you've gotten to hunt this year. Uh-huh. What or I guess before we dive into that, here I am just jumping ahead over here. This is why you make me nervous. Right? That's okay. That's I make What's every- going to come out I make everybody I nervous. I make everybody nervous. And you know a lot more than 90% of the people listening because I tell you so much, but yeah, so be I make a lot of be people nervous. what you say. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so before we dive into um, what has been your epic hunting career. We talked a little bit about West Coast. What, for anybody who, who doesn't know, what is West Coast? What's the difference? It's kind of, di- I'd love to talk about the differences between a pro shop and, you know, uh, going to like a Dick's Sporting Goods yeah. or a Cabela's or a Shields or even, I mean, I don't know if Big Five still sells bows. I know they did when I was a kid, but what the difference is and, and kind of what you can find in a pro shop. Yeah. Well, we're, so there's definitely a difference between a big box store and a pro shop. Yeah. It's really important to experience what it's like in a pro shop because it's so different. We're not, we don't feel like it's our job to push products on people. It's our job to educate people and kind of help guide them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, We, nothing ever walks, no bow ever walks out of the shop without fitting somebody 100% correctly. They're going to like it. You know, if you don't enjoy it because it doesn't fit you correctly, then you're never going to come back, right? So, um, we, it's just that expertise and making sure everything fits correctly, getting you on at 20 yards, making sure you can leave here and have, be successful and feel comfortable to come back and ask questions and, you know, get your cables twisted or your peep aligned or whatever you need to. Yeah. It's just that special attention. Forgive me while I'm choking on water. <laughs> Do you need the Heimlich? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. certified. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, and something that, that you're talking about and that I've always enjoyed about coming here <clears throat> specifically is the relationship that I've gotten to build with you guys over the last, I don't know, six or eight years or, or <clears throat> whatever it's been. Um, you know, and, and then like for me, one of the biggest things that I'd always love to do is come at the end of our at the end of hunting season and yeah. sit down 
And be like, oh, let's look at bucks and like sharing yeah. buck pictures and with five other people that are in here doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So and fun. it was always like, you know, like for me, my favorite thing when I get off early from work on a Friday is to just come down. If I'm not out of town, yeah, I love to just come sit at the bow shop and talk about hunting and yeah, watch whatever hunting video is on the damn TV or <laughs> you know, distracting and annoying hands while he's working yeah. and having a good time. Yeah. And that's one of our, our main goals is just to provide this kind of community of yeah. like-minded people. Uh, we one, one of our highest priorities is for like a, a mom and her kids to feel comfortable coming into a shop like this, yeah. you know, pro shop, and get set up. And I feel like we've done a, a pretty good job of making that happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, and going from that, there's like definitely, an, there's, a, there's a pretty awesome you know, team, like your West Coast archery team, uh, the traveling professional yeah, team. Yeah, You know what I mean? Alan goes around, Jamie, I don't know everybody's name that's yeah. on the team. Hobie, you know, Hobie. James, and yeah. Joe, and yeah. You know, it's, it's... There's... You said it really well when you were saying building a, a sense of community and mm-hmm. a place for people to go. To. And there's so there's so many layers. You know, those are like our core target yeah. people who yeah. also cross over into the hunting world. Yeah. There's just so many different things for different people. Yeah. You know? Alan's a stellar hunter. He is. Yeah. He's a stellar target shooter. He's a definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Alan. Mean it. <laughs> um... <laughs> So how do you, how successful has the shop been? I mean, it's been it's been a pretty yeah awesome thing to just watch it grow from like a little tiny hole in the wall to becoming a bigger shop and a bigger shop and yeah. now it's a sh- it's like a full sized shop and a range. <laughs> like it's like at least ten times as big as the original shop. Yeah. Well, I I mean I think success is like criteria based yeah. so with our goals in mind of creating this community and making it comfortable mm-hmm. you know one of the big things for us too is we want to be really consistent with our inventory and our service so we have people driving for hours to come and and see us we want to make sure exactly what they need is on the shelf and it's always there yeah um you know they always see the same person we don't have a bunch of employees it's all it's really you know yeah well and then also <laughs> something else that i like about it a lot is is uh me losing my train of thought. Um, <laughs> just kidding, but I totally lost It'll my train come of back. thought. Uh, something else that I really like about it is, you know, like you're saying, you guys do a really good job of making sure there's always inventory. But in the last two years, now there's seminars, there's different yeah. discussion topics, mm-hmm. you know, nights where people can come down and they can learn about target archery. And, and you know, you're you're spreading a wealth of knowledge yeah. across the board, whether it's target archery or pig hunting, you know what I mean? Or yeah, I think that comes with that community. Yeah. You, you get, you see what people need yeah. and a shop, you know, you can't be afraid to evolve and, and mm-hmm. do the things that people need you to do. Yeah. So we, we will take the risk and do it. You know? And it's, it's also, I feel like it's beneficial for the community to learn, Yeah. you absolutely. know, all of the different topics that get covered. Yeah. There's, you know? there's so much. It's pretty. It's been pretty awesome to watch and, yeah. and get to show up and be a part of. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it a lot, so Good. I appreciate that Good. stuff. 
I love it when it's like, hey, there's a seminar coming up. All right. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be well, it's there. cool to be able to learn from each other, yeah. too, you know, support each other. As oh, for sure. And, and target shooters. and. I mean, sure, I've been hunting my whole life, but I can sit here and tell you 110%, every seminar that I've been to, there's not one that I haven't learned new tricks, tips, mm -hmm. or techniques, yeah. or even just general information that maybe I overlooked or I didn't know, because, like, for me, sure, you know, like, if you start out your life bow hunting, right, and I'm going to relate this to archery, if I start out my life bow hunting and I never learned from a teacher, I just kind of always taught myself, right. I have a lifetime of bad habits that I've developed, <laughs> right? You don't know what you don't then know, I, right? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know, right? So, as a hunter, and I can relate that directly to hunting, is I have a lifetime of information and knowledge that I've built mm -hmm. within myself that maybe some of it might be bad information or whatever, but it's it's just, you know, you learn different information from different people and it helps develop me yeah. as a hunter, an yeah. experienced hunter. Right. You know, and like, that's one of the best things is that it's always ever changing. We're always learning new information, you know, and, and for me not being able or not being afraid to learn from other people because like dude if there's ever a day when i'm like i'm in teachable and i i know everything <laughs> you better hang it up <laughs> fucking shoot me in the head like i'm you know that would yeah. be the point when it's bad like yeah. i don't want to i don't ever want to achieve that point yeah. that's like scary is that ever achievable probably not like, but for some people yeah for yeah it's like my favorite is like you know you look around and some people that are like oh I'm the best there ever what you know whatever and I'm like, bro like <laughs> pump the brakes I can't deal with that yep you know yeah I mean well it's good I'm glad you're enjoying it and yeah hopefully that's a common thread yeah for sure so <laughs> let's talk about your success and we'll just dive out straight out the gate with what's your best hunting memory so far and what 15 years or 18 yeah. years or of hunting. Yeah, I think I've been bow hunting for like 15 years-ish. Um, I mean, in, in education, you always say like you retain the most information when you have an emotional connection, right? So <laughs> I w I'd say probably my best, I have two, uh -huh. two best ones. One is turkey hunting in a ground blind, yeah. like eight months pregnant with Carter. Ah. <laughs> Crawling through barbed wire fences, right? <laughs> no stopping. Uh -huh. But that was, you know, that's just, that was just us. That's how we do things. But... Um, for our honeymoon, I don't think I've ever told you this story. No. For our honeymoon, we decided we were going to backpack and bow hunt on the Nepali coast in Kauai. Mm -hmm. And we did our research, we got our permits, where there's like this section where you can hunt goats and it's, it's super beautiful. It's like, uh, it's called the Kalalau Trail and it's like where Jurassic Park 3 was filmed. It's got these amazing waterfalls and big steep oh, cliffs. Wow. It's like, it's so amazing. Is so, this all public land hunting? It's public land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but the but you walk like from the parking lot, which is like a public beach, you walk like two miles on the super touristy part where they everybody walks to like this other beach, and then you keep going further than that all the way to Kalalau Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did that, and we got to like mile five probably, and it just it starts becoming like the leeward side of the island that's really deserty and rocky where all the goats are, right? Yeah. And it's just like straight up lava cliffs to one side, <laughs> and like fifteen hundred feet straight down on the other side with like, I'm I'm not kidding, like a foot wide path. 
And I'm I'm like deathly afraid of heights. <laughs> so it's our honeymoon, and I, I'm like in tears, and I just like couldn't help it. And um, Hans was like, "Do you want to turn around? Like, what do you?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't turn around on this path. It's like so narrow." Yeah. I would have given my life savings to have like a helicopter pick me up. It was uh. I was terrified. It was so scary. But I just I've like kept on going we made it all the way to the valley we wanted to camp in it was like amazing and beautiful we hiked all the way out the next day and it got a little bit better and then um but i think that was like my most definitely my most memorable hunting trip because i was so terrified and it was so beautiful it was like it's one of those like you have to take a risk and just try it kind of things and we went back the next year and backpacked back in there again because I was just like I was so terrified I don't even remember that trip so we're gonna we've been back a couple times since then but I think that was probably my most memorable so when you talk about you're going down this trail and you're in tears right oh yeah like what is going through your head at that point and then also on the flip side (laughs) of that going back there and knowing kind of what's in store and and Maybe having grown and I don't want to say mental toughness, but like yeah, a mental no, strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like as hunters, we go through so much different mental strengths yeah. of like learning something and then also learning that it kind of sounds like in the first trip you hit a point where like it was your breaking point and you you overcame the struggle yeah. that you were having within yourself. Yeah. And you came back. And did it again the next year, maybe yeah, more years to. after that. Yeah. So what was that like in that transition for you as as a hunter? Yeah, I think it was just caught me off guard. I, I don't think I realized how afraid of heights I was until I was in that moment. And I w- it was like to the point where, you know, when you're like in a sticky situation hiking and you're like, I'm going to, I know I'm going to fall because I'm, I know I'm going to fall. Like when you lose that confidence, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to fall, right? Um, and I was like kind of in that state and I was like, oh shit, I gotta make it all the way to the end. I was just, it was like terrifying. But then we, after we were there for a couple days, I knew what to expect. We got up early and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And it was a little bit better that time. And then I, I just had to make myself go back just because I just can't be fearful of mm-hmm. that. It was an amazing spot. So, um, I would you go, go back, back there to absolutely, this day? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's still scary, but I yeah. know what to expect now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and like I said, it's that mental toughness, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. it's that whatever happens inside of us yeah. as hunters. Because there's so many different instances where for all of us hunters as individuals, hit breaking points, whether it's on a cliffside with yeah. a 1,500-foot drop-off or blood-tracking an animal or yeah. or whatever it may be, like in there i know for me like there's been so many times where i have hit breaking points in the field by myself Mm -hmm. with no one to witness it yeah where i just no one to say come on keep going no one to push me through it or anything you know and and the only way to get through it is to continue whatever task yeah you know or you know in some circumstances of stuff i was doing die trying you know and and yeah and that's i feel like the physical toughness like we've all been in spots where you're physically you're like oh my god can i do this or can i not do this right (laughs) yeah but i think the uh, like the mental piece i i had never experienced Mm -hmm. before so that caught me off guard a little bit 
How cool. <laughs> yeah, it was super cool, and I highly recommend it. But Right? Well, it's, yeah. And it's funny, too. Like, us as hunters, we want to throw ourselves into the craziest, quote, backcountry spots or whatever. Right. Yeah. Deep, deserted places, yeah. of dark forests where anything can kill you at any given time. <laughs> And we want to, like, go back there and stay back there for well, five you, days at a time. The things that I've seen and experienced are yeah. things that no, none of my friends have seen and experienced, yeah. you know? Right? I mean, it's just it's right? amazing. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say none. Most of them. Yeah. There's a few. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, one. There's a few. <laughs> right? So, you kind of get to travel all over the place, and obviously we're talking about hunting Hawaii right now. Yeah. Um... What has that been like for you, and and how has that helped you as an archer? Well, we're, so, yeah, we do travel all over the place, and it's just, like, our lifestyle. And when we were, knew we were going to have a baby, it was like, well, this is, this baby is going to come with us. Like, it's not going to stop us. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I think that's really hard for a lot of women and a lot of moms is they, they start out, like, going everywhere and doing everything together with their husband or boyfriend or whatever. And then when you have a baby, everything just changes. You know, that's not, no longer, like, you're not the first priority anymore. This baby <laughs> is, you know? Yeah. And I think that that halts a lot of people's hunting careers or, you know, their time outside. But for us, it was just like, Hans is, we've always been in the same, on the same page with like baby comes with, I don't care if it's on a, on your back or wherever. And he's just kind of adapted to this lifestyle. So we just plan our family vacations, like it, with hunting in mind, like what we take our bows everywhere and we're not afraid to spend some time on the beach and some time out in the mountains on the same trip you know so it's just um a lot of people can't even like fathom the idea of like bringing their bows to hawaii or oh my wife would kill me or whatever but it's just like what we've always done and yeah we're so i'm so grateful that we've always done that well i i like i just like everything you're saying but for (laughs) me when i right for me when i plan any vacation Everything that I plan, if it involves me taking paid time off of work, yes, my only justifiable reason for taking any paid time off of work for me is if it involves hunting. Yeah. Because that is the only thing that I am willing to sacrifice, quote, vacation time for. Right. Is yeah. spending time in the outdoors or, you know... Going, you know, going to conferences and networking and communicating with other people in the outdoors industry mm-hmm. or finding new places to hunt and spending my time that way. The most important thing for me when I'm planning my vacations is all of my vacations usually have to be surrounded by something dying. <laughs> as jacked up as that sounds. You mean surrounded by filling your freezer full of meat, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and and yeah, I think it's so neat that while you guys are building your lives together and having a child and bringing a child into the world, well, now Carter gets to go around. And I mean, ever since yeah. obviously an infant, you yeah, know. he doesn't even know how spoiled he is. No, not like, at he all. He doesn't even know. It's so great, though. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like. <laughs> He's an epic archer. He, has he has he shot anything 
With a shotgun? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, he shot a uh, oh, he turkey. Did. Made he two did. turkeys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Primarily everything that he's killed, though, has been with a bow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How many animals has he killed? Uh, Carter has filled our freezer with eight animals. That's so crazy. With his bow. With his bow? Yeah. That's so crazy. And two turkeys with a shotgun. And two turkeys with a shotgun. But, so, this is a conversation we have with a lot of parents in the shop. We take that... Like, we, st- we step back from that mm-hmm. and give him the experience. Yeah. Because we've had so much experience. We've been all over the place doing stuff. It's a perfect time for us to step back and let him... Flourish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's Sometimes it's hard to make that sacrifice and let your kid have this opportunity that you've been, you know, yeah. working so hard to have. That too. you've so, wanted for yourself and now yeah, it's their but, turn. But then when you're in that moment, this is what you want. You want to pass this on to your kid. It's mm-hmm. not about you. It's about... You know, yeah. this future. Yeah. How neat, man. So cool. And he's he's like talking about, you know, like we were in Hawaii and he shot a pig with his bow, which was so cool. And he was like talking about like different parts he wanted to eat and what he wanted to do with it and stuff, which is so cool to see him make that like full circle. What a And trip. the kid like hardly yeah. eats, right? But at mm-hmm. least he's learning and talking about yeah. parts that he wants to eat and how it connects to his life. He knows the animal. Yeah, he's yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's epic. Yeah. I mean, how can, how many parents, with a kid in his age group, could say that their kid could start doing that? Uh, I know a lot of kids his age who don't even know that bacon comes from pigs. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Like, there's just nobody ever teaches them that. There's no reason for them to ever know that. I yeah. guess I don't know. <laughs> he's right? not like that. <laughs> no, not at all. So. We talked a little bit about Hawaii already. Yeah. Um, what other hunting experiences have you gotten to have? Uh, so we do, I mean, I'm a teacher, so we kind of plan every break around where we're going to go mm-hmm. and what we're going to do. Um, we, we've been, the last couple of years has been, we go to Texas in January, we go to Hawaii for spring break, uh, we always do some kind of a fall trip, whether it's like a deer or whatever trip yeah we try to do a couple like exotic ranches and and stuff like that throughout the year too Mm -hmm. so it just um it just depends on the year and what we have going on but yeah yeah well we try to maximize our time right well we went down to Bitterwater and was that in December yeah and I think one of the cool takeaways for me from that trip was new hunters there was there was a couple new guys that all came and there were people that had never killed an animal before mm-hmm. with a bow or had never killed an animal, period. And they got to experience their first experience taking an animal and yeah. getting it cut up and packing their their coolers and taking it home. Which I still talk to guys from that trip today that are like, oh, I'm eating this part today. Yeah. Or, I had tacos last night of this, you know, yeah. and it's like. It's, I think it's just such a great opportunity. It's so cool. I mean, we, like, so we, we have the in the shop part where new hunters come in and want equipment or whatever, but then they don't, people don't always know what to do. Or yeah. There's only so many YouTube videos you can watch or research you can do. Um, so it's really cool to have like a group with like you and some other people who can help teach yeah. people yeah. and just that hands-on experience is the way you learn. And now they're coming in buying turkey decoys cause they're going to come, you know, go turkey hunting or take some other risks cause they now feel comfortable with yeah. that. So that's pretty cool. Well, not also I think that comfortability, the seminars I think help yeah. with 
new hunters being a little bit more comfortable because maybe they have a little bit more knowledge in the field. Yeah, and I, I we hope to make it comfortable in the shop so people can come in and ask a million questions, you yeah. know, like just pick our brains all day. Or, yeah. One one of the biggest things too is like no question is a dumb question. Yeah, you know everybody's what I mean. Everybody's had that question, right? In every, including our, including myself and, or yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. we've all gone through. Like, do I remember what it was like learning hunting? Like, yeah, yeah it was a nightmare. Yeah. It was terrifying. You know, but <laughs> uh, it was terrifying. You know, but you know. Uh, when you get to learn that information and and yeah and actually get to do it apply that get to apply it in the, in the field or however it may be like mm -hmm. that's so beneficial yeah it's so it's super cool like you just touched on how you grew up doing that you know hans grew up his his family was were like ranch slaughterers and butchers that he just like knows how to do things most people don't yeah like that's that's something you have to learn right so that's pretty cool yeah so you got to shoot a bison this year i did i got to be yeah. with you on that yeah right yeah that was amazing what was that experience like for you well it was pretty crazy because <laughs> i had broken my leg like what six months before that so i thought i was pretty much done for 2018 mm -hmm. um and then that opportunity came up so that it was that was super awesome i was you know i shoot 50 pounds I was kind of worried about the penetration with my arrow with a bison, an animal that big. It was a pass-through, though, wasn't it? It was a pass-through, which yeah. was, like, so awesome I and mean, amazing. that thing is, like, <laughs> three feet wide. Yeah. And it was a pass-through. Like, I didn't think that maybe I had to be worried about the one on the other side of it. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, yeah. nothing happened. Yeah, but, luckily there was um, no problem there. But yeah, it was, and it was, it was just this like beast of an animal and it was, it's hard to pick a spot on him, like to know the right spot. And, but it's so like, that was such a cool opportunity. And our freezer is full of 600 pounds of bison meat, yeah. which is so delicious. So, so that's how much was, or, 600 was, pounds was harvested. Yeah. That's so much Like we have meat. a brand new freezer, top to bottom, full of meat. That's just buffalo or just bison. Yep. Yeah. How cool. So delicious. I mean, I, I've, I used to, I, I haven't in a couple of years because I've been keeping my own freezers full, mm -hmm. but I would buy a quarter of a buffalo. Yeah. You it's know, so they good. were, it was like 110 pounds that we'd get boned out meat. So yeah. call it a 450 pound buffalo. Yeah. Bison, whatever. Same thing. Bison's such good meat. Yeah. You know, it's like organic, yeah. free range, you know, as American as it gets. Yeah. Really. It's just you're we're like so spoiled eating it. Yeah. We had to buy ground beef like in Hawaii and it was just not like commercial ground beef is it's just disgusting. Like it just smells different <laughs> and it's just not It cooked. It smells different when you yeah. cook it even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't we're, smell natural. Exactly. It's so gross. Yeah. Like your own organic meat is you just can't replace that. Yeah. Yeah, the ability to for all of us to stack our own organic meat and get to have our own organic meat, I think is kind of irreplaceable. It's yeah, that's why we do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, for the shop trip, what's the experience for you getting to arrange that? You know, like by shop trip referencing bitter water. Yeah. And that whole experience. 
Yeah. Well, at, in, at the shop, I'm definitely the communicator. So <laughs> I, it's fine. I love being like the hub of, of yeah. figuring all that stuff out. And, and um, it's just, it's fun. I get to plan these fun trips and people get to have awesome experiences. And yeah. It's well, great. And something else too, and you've already talked about it once, is getting to build that community and yeah. help build that community um, for people that come to the shop and, and frequent. Yeah. And, and other and it, hunters. Yeah, and it's more than just like going out on a hunt. It's those like campfire chats where you just get to talk to people and yeah. bounce ideas off each other and right. Yeah, it's fun. Um. So. Carter had his first year this year hunting with a bow. Uh yeah, yep. So as a yep. as a parent, so I'll say last season. Yeah. Then. Yep. As a parent, what was that like for you? getting to watch him develop in the last year over eight animals. I mean, just so cool. Like just a little background on Carter. He's, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but he's, he's spent his life. Like we, I, we would go to 3d shoots and he'd be in a stroller. We'd push him way up this hill to a, a target. And it's like, Hey Carter, you want to get out and shoot this bear? Okay. And he'd jump out with his little fiberglass bow and shoot the bear. Like he's just, traveled with us and done this forever he's hiked endless miles with the amount of energy that kid has um and now it's it's like his time now you know and he's a lot of people would say he's young and and he is young to have these experiences he's almost 10 Mm -hmm. but he i a hundred percent feel like his time he spent in the outdoors has made him like the logical thinker that he is and he understands the way like the world works and systems and um you know there's like a lot of kids who can't separate disney characters from like real life characters and he just he understands how things work so it's been pretty cool to see him make that like full circle you know he knows it's like his time and he's providing now Mm -hmm. so with him and getting to have him out with you guys the whole time. How important has it been for you guys to pass, pass along the tradition and ethics of hunting and instilling that in him as a youth? Well, I think that the ethics part is the part that you just can't you just can't replace with him going out in the field and just doing it with us is the only way you can teach that. You yeah. know, you can talk as much as you want to, but until he's out there actually making those decisions and seeing how things work, you just can't teach that, you know? Yeah. And it's been really important. So, like when we were at Bitterwater this mm-hmm. year and, and he got to shoot the pig, right? Yeah. Shoot a pig yeah. down there. What was that, what was that like? To, to get to watch him make the decision, commit to the shot, take the shot, yeah. and then pay his respect to the animal after harvesting it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty cool to see, even in this short amount of time, how much he's grown in mm-hmm. that area, even. Just remember his very first thing that he took, animal he took, was a goat, I think. And it was hard. Like, it's that mental, like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been here in this situation for so long, but it's never been my turn, you know? <laughs> and it was hard. It was mentally, it was hard on him. Yeah. And we never push it. It's like, if you want to go back, you can go back. And if not, you don't have to. And... He's just becoming more and more comfortable in with tune. himself and yeah, knowing his equipment, knowing his abilities, and he is an excellent shot and d- he's cautious. He doesn't just take risks and yeah. fling arrows and he listens to us when we tell him he, you know, needs to do certain things. Slow so. his roll. 
Yeah, slow your roll, buddy. <laughs> slow yeah. the excitement down. Yeah, so it's pretty cool to see it develop even yeah. in the last year. Would you have any, for maybe some parents who are, who's, maybe they didn't hunt or anything mm -hmm. like that, and they're getting into hunting or they're bringing their children into hunting or their kids want to get into it, would you have any advice to a parent? Number one piece of advice is be patient, yeah. right? Your kids are not going to be quiet the whole time. They're going to drag their feet. They're going to break branches. Like you just, <laughs> you have to commit to making that sacrifice if you want to have them have those experiences. Yeah. And it just depends on how comfortable you are with that. And yeah. You know, but what, be patient. <laughs> what kind of archery equipment is he using? Right now he's shooting a Matthew Stoke, mm -hmm. which is, um, it's just, he's just big enough to be able to hold up like the sheer weight of it. So I think that's the biggest thing for the kids' equipment is how much you can hold up with your bow arm. He shot the PSE Mini Burner for a long time, which was an excellent bow and a, a really low-cost investment for him to try it. It's like 200 bucks or something for the kit for that, um, which we, all, we have a lot of parents that come in and buy those just to see if their kid likes it or um, wants to be able to do it with them. Mm -hmm. um, so... We're going to change gears here a little bit. All right, let's do it. We're going to talk a little bit about you as a female hunter. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the archery equipment you're running. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're probably just going to touch base on a million different things. So Great. kind of to start it, you've been hunting for 18 years, you know, with a bow, roughly 15. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel like for you has been one of the biggest difficulties as a, as a quote, female hunter? Hmm. Well, I think, like, in my own little bubble, Hans has always treated me as an equal. Yeah. You know, so it's never been, an, like, it, I've never known any different. We, we're partners. We go together. There's just no other way that we do things. I think the only time that it really affects me is, like, um, you know, in the shop, sometimes it affects me. Like, he's the bow technician. He knows the technical pieces. I, I do a lot of, like, I understand why things work the way they work, and I can answer some questions, but he does the physical work on yeah. those, you know. And I think just, like, kind of proving myself, if you will, to people mm -hmm. has been kind of a, a long road. I don't really feel like I have to do that as much anymore, but... Yeah. And do you feel like that, that's just the general, because, like... And I don't want to say because, I mean, obviously hunting is a male-dominated dominated mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. But do you feel like it might be just a little bit more difficult for females to have to make their own way into the outdoors community? Yeah, I mean, it, de it depends on the people that are around you and your, your support around you. Yeah. It's hard with any sport to pick to walk into a pro shop and and say like look can you set me up like if i were going to take up tennis or something i think i would go get some used equipment or something you know like that would be the first route you would go to yeah. before i would go into a pro shop and feel comfortable like <laughs> oh can you set me up with like i don't know the first thing about it you know yeah. but for archery and for like in the hunting industry you have you have to have the right equipment right like yeah. it's not you're never going to like it it's never going to fit you right you're never going to be successful if you don't have the right thing so i think it's just a matter of like being comfortable having people that are supportive around you and just trying not to take things personally that people say you know just yeah. comments that people say they don't they don't mean it in a in a bad way but malicious. people say it yeah. yeah yeah for sure i mean i 
like I was saying earlier, the difficulty that I've had trying to get female hunters on the podcast yeah. to either podcast with myself or with Anthony mm-hmm. has always been super difficult, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like frustrating because there's so many women out there with so many great stories yeah. and experiences in hunting and, yeah, you know, all around and all across the board. There's so many, I think, in my opinion, there's so many women out there that are phenomenal hunters, yeah. you know, and, and know their stuff, know what they're doing. They can go out. I mean, I know so many women bear hunters mm-hmm. that go out and yeah. kill bears year after year after yeah. year because they love to predator hunt. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. you know, women are prolific hunters and I don't, I just, and I have a difficulty with the word huntress. Like I'm not really a. Yeah. It's not a. Uh, this or that it's yeah it just is what it is it is know? yeah it is what it is and i i can't remember where i saw somewhere i think it, maybe it was even this week where somebody was like the word huntress has been around since blah 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 and i'm like i don't know whatever i just feel like in my opinion we're all hunters right you know no matter yeah. male or female or yeah or whatever oh and i think that's um a little bit like western states ish of you to think that mm-hmm. where i think that that's not that way everywhere oh really there's, i mean there's a lot of areas where and it's definitely like you can tell the geographic areas there's a lot of areas where people families hunt together and that's what they do yeah there's a lot of areas where like this is you know it there's this is a good old boys club and we don't have women here like yeah. there's definitely still those those groups happening um, somewhere yeah and people have strong opinions like women i know all kinds of women who get comments on social media and you know stuff nobody would say to their face but they have strong opinions about women mm-hmm. hunting for some reason yeah i mean i'm just a fan of more people hunting right as yeah. long as they're ethical and reasonable yeah hunters. and I, I wish <laughs> i had some data behind like future hunting and and kids if if they had more role models that were women hunters yeah or if both parents hunted what are what are the odds that you're going to get out there probably higher right well i mean you know and you go back into my family history my grandfather and my grandmother hunted together yeah you know and you're talking about bow hunting pregnant you know right eight months pregnant my grandma was sitting in the duck blind at eight nine months pregnant with a shotgun (laughs) fucking blasting birds out of the sky like you know it's just kind of yeah part of the way of life yeah it's not for show yeah it's a way of life yeah i mean my mom was a hunter she hunted and then once her and my dad got married i think she stopped hunting Mm -hmm. and and she would stay at home and take care of the kids my dad would go out to montana or or wherever um she kind of hung her hat up but i can just i can relate a lot a lot Mm -hmm. to that you know And, and i think there's a lot of benefit to um couples that hunt yeah and introduce that into their family life and incorporate that yeah. in their family i was just reading this this is a little side note but i was reading this article that an educator actually sent us sent me um it was this study in denmark over they studied a million people over like 28 years and they had tons of information they could sift through for with like economic backgrounds and like demo, you know geographic locations and just tons of different discrepancies that they could weed through and it was something like kids who were surrounded in nature who were brought up in nature had like a 55 percent um less mental health issues how funny is that yeah and that <laughs> the, like their main point was like if this was medicine this would be a huge buzz right 55 percent less mental health incidents yeah but just being out in nature and just nature is medicine right it's all of our medicine yep 
And we yeah, know we that. Wanna, yeah, we know that. Yeah. And we want to keep encroaching and, and, and destroying yeah. it and building homes further and further in it. And then we complain right. when our houses burn down. Or we right. complain when, like, floods happen and we live in a flood area. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Right. Like, yeah. We're encroaching into nature. Nature's not encroaching into us yeah. at all. And just that, you know, goes back to kind of that misconception that hunting like being in in the outdoors hunting and nature are different it's not at all but it's exactly the same yeah that's why our kids and our everybody understands more about the world around them right well i think also and we can relate this to carter is like where he's at mentally Mm -hmm. as a Mm nine-year-old as a nine-year-old yeah and his understanding of life and how life works inside and outside of nature and having had firsthand in the field experience experience with watching it and relating to it mm-hmm. and being taught Just it. Soaking it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how much different is that than a kid who never had that and yeah. who will maybe never will have that yeah. until after college right. when they want to go backpack with their friends or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Something like that. Like, we see it every day. And it's yeah. just so crazy to me. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. It's, you know, I'm always, I always think like hunters, hunters education. I feel like that needs to be in like a fifth or a sixth grade school class. Like we have social studies where we should also have like wildlife studies and let's talk about the benefits of being outdoors. And sure, maybe you don't have to be hunting, you know, but like, let's talk about that, but let's not parade hunters as this bad person that's going out there. Yeah. murdering animals let's parade it for what it really is not for what right you know someone's or, delusional thought processes about what we are as hunters. yeah just not separating that at all yes yeah. it's, it's the same thing yeah that was a tangent yeah it was a good one <laughs> i appreciate that good side note right yeah, yeah. i always yeah, like when science backs up like how i really feel about things you yeah know? so i love reading articles and getting data about stuff like that right for sure so We'll dive into your pack, your equipment, what you're using. Okay. So, what kind of bow are you shooting right now? So, right now, I'm shooting the Matthews T... What am I shooting? The TX-5 right now, mm-hmm. which is... I've shot the Matthews Avail, which is hands down the Avail is my favorite bow. Uh-huh. The TX-5 is a fairly newer bow for me, which I've had some... I've taken a couple animals with. Um, it's a lot faster. It's a little less forgiving. Um, but I think the Matthews Avail is the women's bow to have, really? in my opinion. Yeah, it's just, no. it's lighter. What's, it's, oh yeah, go into the differences. Yeah, it's, it's just, ask. it's lighter, it's easier to shoot, it's super efficient for low, um, shorter draw lengths and lower poundage. Mm-hmm. It's a great bow. I had lots of success with that one. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have a preference on arrows or arrow weight when you're shooting? Because I know you said you pull 50 pounds uh-huh. now, in my experience... When most women start out hunting, they start out around, you know, 30 pounds. Yeah. Some are right in that mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah. Just because that's usually the, yep. the starting point. Yep. build up that muscle, yeah. Yeah. So we, so I've had, I mean, I'm on my ninth Matthews bow right now in my <laughs> career. But you, every time you get a new bow or you try, you know, you're doing different situations, you're trying out new arrow setups and whatever. Yeah. So right now I'm shooting... Uh, the Easton injections with the 55 grain titanium insert mm-hmm. up front. It's like a 405 grain arrow, which is pretty heavy for a, a short draw length like mm-hmm. mine. But I got a pass through on that bison, right? Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. What broadheads were you using on that bison? I was shooting the Grim Reapers, the mm -hmm. Micro Hades Pros. Uh huh. Yeah. So you're shooting 405 grains, and that's with the broadhead. That's total. Yeah. Total yeah. weight. Yep. Uh, you you said you're running Grim Reapers as your broadheads, or do you well, do you change? Do you have I different do broadheads? So it depends okay. on what I'm hunting. Yeah. For deer and animals like that, I'm a Rage fan. Mm -hmm. Tripans, um, or have you used a tripan yet? Sometimes I use the Plus P's, which uh -huh. are the um, shorter, the smaller cutting diameter. cutting diameter for the lower kinetic energy. Um, but uh, yeah, I've used the tripans. I use the Grim Reapers for like pigs and things that are harder like that. Mm -hmm. um, you said you are loading your front with mm -hmm. 55 grains. Do you feel like yeah. that's beneficial? Yes. Uh, for me, for my setup, it's beneficial. Yeah. Every bow's different. Every depends on your draw weight, your draw length, all that stuff. But it's definitely helped me with um, penetration and my kinetic energy. What kind of release do you run? I've always just run the Scott Little Goose, just a, a trigger wrist strap. Yeah, the Little Goose is great. Yeah. I, I used that for a long time. Yeah. They used to have a Wildcat. Yeah. yeah. I, I love That was my first release yeah. I ever got when they came out with... <laughs> I remember finding out that you could get releases and D-loops yeah, when like that whole transition happened. Yeah. And I went from, you know, three-fingered leather glove to... Super long axle-to-axle -axle bow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 1989 Warthog. <laughs> yeah. With a Nothing ginormous, like, plastic box <laughs> on the front of the bow. Like, oh, my God. It's You've so come crazy. a long way. It's come so German. far. Well, I remember the first time I came into the shop and I brought in one of my old wood compound bows. Hans looked at me and he's like, what are you doing with this? I'm hunting deer. And he's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. So you've been a work in progress for him. Yeah, that's good, right? Yeah. The evolution. That's right. The evolution Andy's of evolution. me. evolution, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, releases are... Or interesting. What what do you think about back tension releases? Have you used one? Are you not into it? Or? No, I've I've done like I've tried like a thumb button release, but mm -hmm. I just I just don't. I can't. Get <laughs> you into know, it, it changes your anchor point. Yeah. You really have to put a lot of time into a new release, and I just like what I what's comfortable for me and what I like. And yeah. I'm not putting the time into changing that all around. Right. <laughs> well, I'm I'm having that putting the time into something because yeah. like my time that I can put into things now is so much more limited than like three years ago yeah, yeah. five years ago yeah. the amount of time that I could spend developing yeah. talent and technique with products yeah and you know like I, I switched my site to the to the Garmin and and I love the site and it especially after we went on the trip down to Bitterwater yeah I had a I had a great experience with it you know yeah. what I mean totally positive but not having the time to develop more talent with it yeah. is so difficult. Which, which it takes. Yeah. Which it takes. Yeah. It takes. And I, and I forget, as a hunter, I forgot how much time it actually does take to develop talent yeah. with the products that I'm using. And like uh, Todd was trying to convince me the other week that I should go to a back tension release. And uh, or maybe, I don't know, it's like some crazy... Uh, Carter, I think he's yeah. shooting a Carter. I okay. can't remember exactly, but one of those like, you know, it's got a lock button on it and the yeah. whole yeah. crazy deal and way beyond anything that I can think of. Yeah. And um, I, uh, 
I don't know if I have the time to like it's hard. develop serious talent with that. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, the I, worst thing you can do is do it a little bit and create total target panic over it. Yeah. Right. Which happens all the time. Yeah. You can't just tell somebody this is what you need to shoot or oh, this is for what sure. you need to do. It's yeah. Like, well, and like with the Garmin Zero, uh, I have developed target panic with it. <laughs> no. Because I, and I'm, I've never experienced target panic before. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it until I was at the seminar that Alan did yeah. about professional target shooting and target panic. Yeah. And talking. You're like, that's what I have. And I was like, oh my God, he just put a word to what I go through. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I got, tar I have, I don't know, after the last year of using it in the field for deer, and getting nerd I mean, I felt way better after bitter water, like I said, but yeah. prior to that, like just confidence. Oh my god. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. You know, and but also that goes into building up confidence in mm -hmm. using the product and developing the time behind Spending the product and, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, hopefully I'll be able to spend more time. Yeah. Building my confidence. Hopefully, with yeah. My product. Those are the guys that love it. Yeah. And girls. Yeah, the for sure. Spend the time. For sure. So you already said you run a Matthews bow. I do. Um, if there was any women Die hard. that wanted to to dive into archery or anything like that, bow hunting, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? How would you tell them to start? What would you say? Um, I think I would tell them to not let their boyfriend or husband or dad set them up with one of their old things that don't fit them correctly <laughs> because that happens all the time and i it just makes me crazy i no matter what shop you're near go to a pro shop mm -hmm. there's something for every budget mm -hmm. let them set you up correctly you're never gonna like it if it doesn't fit you you're never gonna hit where you're aiming you're gonna be frustrated this happens all the time yeah well, it goes down to 60 pounds. How come she can't pull it back? Then you're just like creating this conflict, right? And they just don't like doing it. Yeah. Women don't like doing it when you, when you get in that situation. So I think that would be my best advice is go go somewhere where you feel comfortable. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. Get yourself some equipment that fits you correctly. Well, and diving in to a 60-pound bow. It's way too much. From scratch. Yeah. It's like going to not make, it's going to make anybody not yeah, want to get into it. you're going to hate it. If you don't injure yourself, you're going to hate yeah. it. <laughs> you're going to pull your shoulder out yeah. with some shit. Yeah. yeah. That would be terrible. I know just because I, for whatever reason, uh, I've bought women's bows in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I couldn't imagine if I'd have been like to a woman, here, here's my whatever bow that I'm using at the time. Just, just grow into this yeah. one. No big no, deal. We hear it all the time. I just want her to try it. It's like, well, it's five inches too long for her. Yeah. And 20 pounds too much to draw yeah. away for her. So she's never going to like it. Right. Well, and how enjoyable is it going to be yeah. for someone who's trying to struggle pulling back yeah. 60 or even maybe 50 pounds? Yeah. And I you get know? that that's a, that's, you don't want to go out and just dump 1500 bucks into something that you don't know if you're going to like or not. Yeah. But... And you don't have to spend that much. There's something for everybody and well, as far as I, price goes. But What bow is it that starts at five pounds and goes up to 70? I can't There's, remember. There are quite a few. The mission line. Yeah. I think it is the mission those, that yeah. I'm thinking of. Like, And that's a great starter bow. Yeah. And can't, how much is a full kit for a, to do that? Oh, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot now. Um, 
we so we sell like the, a package, which is like a, a site, a rest, yeah, a quiver, um, a peep, which is like a hundred bucks. We can always do like a hundred dollar package on any bear bow. So once you decide what your budget is, yeah. there's a lot of those mission bows or other bows like that that are adjustable. We can definitely yeah. get to fit. Well, uh, actually, I like that you brought that fact up because. So for me, I, I've got plenty of buddies, right, who they are like, oh, I want to, you know, they'll see whatever I post on Instagram and they've never hunted, mm -hmm. you know, or, or they'll look at, now they're looking at Joe Rogan and stuff Joe oh, Rogan yeah. posts yeah. or all these guys that are doing archery. And some of my buddies are like, man, I really want to get into it. And I know how they are and I know how they're wired. And like, yeah, sure, they'll go buy a, a $500 bow and whatever and and you know get something where in four months when they realize they love it they're just going to end up spending another twelve hundred dollars on a brand new bow so what i try to tell them is like hey dude go get a bow go get a good bow because i know them mm -hmm. you know i have experience with yeah. them like go get a good bow a top of the line bow you know and then just get a hundred dollar package yeah on it yeah Right. And then you can upgrade those parts the more in love you become with it. Yeah. But at least at that point, you're starting out with something that is going to be extremely yeah. beneficial for you in the field. Yeah. You know, it makes and, a big difference. You know, but on the flip side, I also, there's also people for me that I know where I'm like, oh, you, you know, you're kind of interested in it and you want to check it out. Well, you know, go check out, go get one of these bows yeah. with a package and then learn that you love it first. Yeah. Because there's so much more, you know. Yeah. The and passion is different. Everybody has different definitely. levels of passion. And you get that from talking with people and yeah. just being honest about what, you know, what things are, how much they are, what benefits you'll get out of certain things. Yeah. And people are, you know, everybody's different. Everybody decides their own their budget own and what they want. Their own fate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's true. That's just, true story. It's awesome. Yeah. Archery is so much fun. I love it. It's, there's just so much to it. Like there you is. You can do, go in so many different directions. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like the hunting seasons are better in archery anyways, except for A-Zone. Right. A-Zone sucks. That's so 110? No. It's not so good. I don't want to do it. <laughs> not at all. Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it either. Maybe these guys that hunt these like beautiful oak groves where it's nice and cold still underneath the canopy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll never know that. I don't know that feeling. <laughs> At least not where I've hunted in Azam. I'd yeah. love to find. I did, I did one year. I went and I was hunting out in Nicasio in a redwood forest. Mm -hmm. And that was That's like... That's pretty awesome. That was the bee's yeah. knees. Yeah. You know, you're hunting it's a nice redwood cool. forest. Yeah, yeah. In Nicasio. Yeah. In the shade. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably foggy. Yeah. For anybody that wants to hunt in Nicasio, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. It's a difficult place to hunt. Yep. Uh, so, for West Coast, coming up, what what's on the books? As a shop? Yeah. What's on the books? Well, so, uh, we talked a lot, actually, about diving into seminars. We'll mm -hmm. have different seminars throughout the year still. Yeah. That's been successful, so we'll just get them on the calendar. Um, we've got the Last Chance Broadhead shoot coming up in May. Uh-huh which I've been lucky to have you help me plan. I have not been helping at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> Come on. Come on, Andy. Take no. ownership. No. 
Um, but it should be an awesome weekend. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so you know. I right? know all yeah, about it. Yeah. I'm I'm super thrilled. <laughs> do you actually have the event? Let's talk about the yeah, event. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I do. All right, so we've got a whole weekend planned. It's an entire weekend, which last year we did, like, Saturday I came out with a group of people. You guys were already out there set up. Yes. There was all kinds of fuckery going on. <laughs> It was a really good time. I mean, we were marinating the pig. We were yeah, injecting the pig. You know, we were all just hanging out and having a good time. I, if I recall, I had a broken leg and was sitting in the trailer. You while were. You guys were doing all the setups. Yeah, so. you were like hella angry. Don't be different. This How'd you break your leg last year? Really? No? This okay. is why you make me nervous. <laughs> Walking down a hill in the wrong shoes. Right? Yep. Right, but now Without you have my crispy boots. Yeah, I was on. gonna say now you have crispies, so it's not. Yeah, I mean That's the not only happen again. the only reason why I didn't break my ankle in Utah this year, like straight up break yeah. my ankle, and the only reason why I was able to continue hunting was because of those crispy boots. Yeah. Plug for crispy, shameless plug. Like I will never step foot on dirt without my crispy boots on. Oh, for sure. If I can avoid it. For sure, super <laughs> structured boot. Yeah. So, anyways, last year anyway. was a gas. Yep. We had fun. a great time. And it's always just been a Sunday shoot, the mm -hmm. Broadhead shoot, but we decided to extend it for the whole weekend. So, we're offering camping if you want to come out and camp with us starting on Friday. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule of events right now. We have a, so a venison flip flop. Yeah, well, famous. it'll open. People can start showing up somewhere around 3 o'clock on right? Friday afternoon. Yep. Which, you know, people can show up, get their camp set up, kind yep. of build a teepee town. Or a tent city, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, a teepee town is not toilet paper town. No, we're not doing that. No dirty toilet paper. <coughs> um, but, so everybody can kind of get set up, squared away. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start a barbecue for anybody who comes, you know, uh, that night, yep. Friday night. And, you know, we'll do a flip-flop and anybody that shows up and wants to throw extra meat on the grill we yeah. can always do that yeah or bring your own food whatever yeah. you want to however you want to do that yeah we've got an after dinner campfire chat with shadow trekker adventures good old charles yeah charles Lo lovely charles Witzwam. i think he's going to talk a little uh solo filming yeah a little bit about pig hunting and yeah. do some like Q&A type session. Yeah, so that that was kind of what it sounded like yeah. he, when he was I telling me the other day. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> you know. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> talk about, I think he's going to talk a little bit about Lake Sonoma pig hunting as well and, you know, what he's doing and how he's preparing for how he films and, yeah. you know, GoPros and yeah, all the different things that a, he does. a wealth of knowledge for that. So. For sure. That'd be cool. It's a pig ninja. He is the pig ninja. Yeah. Yeah. So then we'll roll into Saturday. Yeah. Saturday morning. We have a first time Kuyu sponsored pack race. Which I'm kind of excited. I think Todd and Ben are actually coming out this coming up week to, to go out, out there and, and try to map out the entire or roughly yeah. map out the race. Yeah. Okay. Which is going to be an epic time. Yeah. But We've had a lot of questions about the pack race and oh, just really? kind of what it entails. So, yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there's two classes: male, female. Right? Yes. Male has a 50 pound sack, so 50 pound weight. Yeah. And the backpack. 35 for female. Yep. You bring your own pack, your own bow, your own arrows. 
you're expected, I guess it's like an up to five mile hike, right? Yeah. It's, we're going to make it as long as we can okay. with what we have on the property, including, well, Todd is. I'm okay. just going to be there yeah. to help him. Yeah. And uh, he's going to make it as long as he can with what we have to work with on the property. Also including in that pack race, multiple different archery shots at various levels of difficulty. For and time bonuses, right? For time bonuses, okay. for getting time yeah. subtracted off. And if you miss, you get time added on. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> that'd be really fun if we did that. <laughs> and that's 10 minutes for you. <laughs> and that's 15 minutes. Yeah, so that should be cool. There's a lot of people excited about that. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah, so there's the Kuyu Pack Race. And mm -hmm. then rolling from that, uh, we're going to do an Advanced Hunters Education Program, mm -hmm. which is going to be all about field... First, it's going to be blood tracking and follow, following a blood trail, um, looking at what we look for in the field while blood tracking an animal, whether it be how is the grass, breaking down the tracks, disturbed earth, blood actually on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, then we're going to do an animal skinning session and we'll ground skin an animal, ground quarter an animal, cut it up, show people how we keep the meat clean as well as throwing it in our meat bags, in our meat sacks, putting it back onto our backpack or packing it into our pack and then packing the animal out. And from packing the animal out, we're going to be packing it to the barbecue. <laughs> That'll be a long pack. It'll be a long pack out. It'll be a long cooking session. Yeah. And so then, that's cool. It's like a yeah. field to plate. Complete 100% yeah. from field to plate. Um, at least how some of us are doing it and yeah. what some of us have found beneficial in the field. Share some uh, tips and tricks. Yeah. And yeah. Department of Fish and Wildlife is going to come and get involved in it and help out. And cool. uh, that'll be a pretty awesome, awesome yeah. event. I'm that excited sounds... for that. And then we'll be doing another flip-flop. Yeah. Well, so before that. Before that. Before we'll the before. some, like a 3D warm-up yeah you can go shoot targets if yeah. you want if yeah. you if you opt to do that instead of the seminar you're welcome to do that too yeah. we'll have a couple things going on that yeah you there'll be plenty from. of like background things it's not yeah. just like hey you pack race or you have to do the pack race because i'm probably not going to run in the pack race or ra or race it i'll probably stand at You'd a be target like the cheerleader i'm going to cheerlead people on for <laughs> sure like halfway through i'm going to be smiling <laughs> yeah. and telling people keep going you're almost there mental toughness like, false times yeah right? yeah tell everybody that they're going faster than they really are you're in first yeah Good telling job. different yeah. people maybe they're going slower than they really are <laughs> all depends on their level of excitement when oh, they're coming by man. me it's going to be right. that wet blanket you know <laughs> perfect i'm going to be the the what do you call it? The pool cover when you when you go on the pool cover and you shouldn't, and it just wraps itself around you and you can't get out of the pool cover. There's a term for that. No, I don't know. That's just the scenario. It just sucks. Yeah. That's what okay. it does. The scenario that describes you. Yeah, the yeah. Okay, while I'm it. out there, <laughs> cheerleading. All right, we're gonna have some raffle prizes that day. Yeah. We're gonna do so. All the big raffle prizes will be on Sunday after the Saturday, broadhead shoot. After the broadhead shoot, but Saturday we will have some raffle prizes. Mm -hmm. We have an optional dinner if you want to participate, another barbecue. Mm -hmm. And then the Saturday night's um, campfire chat yeah. will be a live podcast. Yeah, it'll be a live podcast. It'll be a California archery season 
pack dump podcast. So people don't need to bring anything for that. No, no, none of the audience needs to bring anything for that. But it's um, interactive, right? Yeah, it's going to okay. be interactive. We're going to have a few pretty awesome hunters from California, and we're going to break down packs from A zone, B zone, D zone, and X zone hunts, and kind of what a five-day backpack would look like and maybe what these guys are doing as well as involving the audience and letting people ask questions and, and being involved. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that idea. Yeah, hopefully it'll be beneficial. You know, that's yeah. the biggest thing is that just trying to provide anybody who wants to, you know, be involved in it, something that might help them yeah. down the field. You know what I love is like just promoting the conversation. Yeah. Like if there's so many people afraid to talk, you know? Yeah. You, you know, and, and like me. <laughs> well, <laughs> before this podcast, right? Um, something that I, I like what you're pointing out and, what I find so prevalent in maybe not the immediate here hunting community, but a lot of places is a lot of hunters are dicks about talking about what they do and what, you know, yeah. I don't want to say sharing hunting spots because at the end of the day, no one's going to be sharing hunting spots, but in sharing what they do to in order or to in order to enable somebody else to be successful. Yeah. And that's like depressing yeah. to me because yeah. why would you want to like not share information that might help somebody else be successful? Our sport is dying. Yeah. Right? Why would we do anything to further distance ourselves from allowing new people to come into our into our sport? Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that, yeah. People's reactions when you're giving input or advice. Yeah can be ridiculous too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there are so many negative comments. Critics. Anyway, I think that's why some people choose to not share. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's people want to be like a harsh critic to somebody who's actually going to put themselves out there and try to right. elevate someone else's yeah. hunting experience. Yeah. But, you know, because like I get, I get so many messages about people wanting to tell me what I should and shouldn't be sharing on my social media accounts. Yeah. Because I'm enabling someone else to do something where somebody else might be doing something. And that's like bullshit, man. Like, come yeah, on. That is. You know? But we are... that Nothing like that happens around here. No. So our live podcast is going to be amazing. It's going to be a You're lot gonna of fun. are going to learn some tips and tricks. You're yeah. going to share some tips and tricks. Yeah. We're open. So Absolutely. It's be great. Um, and then Sunday... Sunday morning. Sunday morning. The rooster goes off. That's right. <laughs> You're out at the ranch. Uh, the last chance broadhead shoot starts at 9 o'clock. So I think registration starts at like 7.30. So if you're just coming for that day, make sure you're there around 7.30 or so. Yeah. Um, we have thir we'll have 35 targets set up. They're all mostly all Reinhardt targets. So they're good quality targets. And it's a Yeti. And Not a Yeti. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah, Sasquatch is awesome. Sasquatch is so he's Super cool. He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, you got to hit him somewhere. He's huge. Right. Um, but it's one arrow per target, broadheads only. You can use the practice blades if you mm -hmm. want to. And they work. Fine. They do work, yeah. yeah. Well, always, we always have like a fun long distance shot or something like that to throw in there. But it's all just, the best part is it's just bow hunters. Like, you know, there's mm -hmm. no target shooters with different equipment out there it's a lot of people it's their very first time shooting so yeah it's just fun easy going mellow 
um, after you shoot the broadhead shoot, we'll have a raffle with all the, we have a lot of big prizes in there. We're giving away some bows. We're giving away some hunting trips. Mm-hmm. We're giving away, we have broadheads and apparel and all kinds of fun yeah. things in there. Everything. Yeah. There's like a million different things. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty epic, right? Epic, for <laughs> sure. Um, we ha- we always do an iron pig shoot-off, which is fun. We've uh-huh. got our iron cut-out pig with like a five-inch hole or something like that. And it's, I feel it's like, like a pay-to-play type thing. always wins that. Hoagie, like, yeah. Or Hoagie he's almost, always like... He almost took it last year. Yeah, he, yeah, but didn't like maybe two years ago he won it? Yeah. Or like, I feel like he's always... Yeah, he's like the iron pig master. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> he's not afraid to play. <laughs> right? People so get nervous awesome. knowing they yeah. might lose an arrow. And you're like, in, yeah, in front of the crowd. and yeah. Right? But anyway, so that, that will all happen on, on Sunday along with a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, your lunch is included with your registration. Yeah. So it's just a fun, super fun day, fun weekend if you can come out for the whole weekend. We'd love to have you join us. Yeah. Now, is there, can people pre-register for the event? Yes. Where Highly at? encouraged pre-registration. Yes. If you go to our website, westcoastarcheryshop.com, and you click on events and activities, I think the tab is, um, there's a whole bunch of information, lots of details about the whole weekend, and including the pack race, if you have questions about that. You can add any option you want to your cart and pay using PayPal. So my suggestion is read through all the options before you decide. Add as many things as you'd like to your cart and then pay for it. So if you register by May 1st, which I don't know if this is good timing or not, but if you register by May 1st, you have the option of purchasing a $10 Last Chance Broadhead Shoot logo t-shirt. And you get five bonus raffle tickets. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the price goes up after May 1st also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I guess last but not least... Where is West Coast Archery Shop located? <laughs> what do you guys like offer been first. as a full service pro shop? Wait a minute. Did we already script. talk about all that all. stuff? Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I We're guess. in Petaluma, California. Yeah. We um, were closed on Sundays and Mondays. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing to remember about our shop. Yeah. Uh, no, so we talked about how we're a full service pro shop we carry a range of equipment Mm -hmm. Um, we've got a big inventory we're we'd like to think we're very knowledgeable we can help (laughs) you out so um, we'd love to see you we'd love to help you out and we'd love to talk to you about things so come on in yeah so this is a this is the fun part of the podcast always gets weird okay sometimes i don't have a question prompted as far as dead eye outfitters is concerned um and today I, i don't I have a question prompt. Okay. So I'm just going to make this up. Oh, man. On the fly. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not going to get you like a terrible one. All right. Good. I thought about it. Okay. I thought about it. I even well, talked I, I about appreciate it. appreciate that. In a podcast with somebody. Oh, okay. But I decided in that podcast I was going to go easy on you. You're so kind. I guess. <laughs> Don't don't give me too much credit. It's because I know too much about you, right? Thanks, Santa Claus. Yeah, why is there a Santa? Because <laughs> it's the Christmas closet. I gave Todd an entire breakdown of the Christmas closet. I don't think I've ever had that breakdown. No, Jamie made it up. Ask Jamie. Well, no, I know the made up part. Yeah. I don't know like the actual. Oh, that's breakdown. what it is. Okay. The, the Jamie thing. It's the Christmas closet. <laughs> Got it. 
Um, well, we just like you to feel comfortable with Santa. <laughs> with bow hunting Santa. Yeah. He's, why not? Yeah. Why not? You know? <laughs> so. Anyway, focus. Anyway, I know. Try to focus. So if you... Would you rather have your thumbs cut off of your hands and not have thumbs, right? right. I mean, obviously, because they're cut yep. off your hands. <laughs> <laughs> or be stuck on an island I with in sync playing in the <laughs> sky all day long, every day. What would you rather have? Like live my normal life with no thumbs mm-hmm. or be stuck on the island. I guess, you know what? Let's up the end. Okay. Either way, you're stuck on the island. <laughs> Either with no thumbs or with sync flank. Yeah. What would you rather have? So I'm opting for either mental health or physical health. Yeah, and this, this is, is this is me. the dead eye question. Okay. Dead eye apparel. Can I just they make say great that socks. Can I just say that we carry Deadeye Apparel in our shop? Oh, too? for sure. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know if that could replace this question, but no, no, that's not the answer. <laughs> I, to I think the I'd rather um, keep my thumbs. So you want to listen to NSYNC? I didn't say every I want to listen to NSYNC. <laughs> I mean, that's what you're saying, though. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to choose, I'd rather keep my thumbs. And be stuck on a on an island. Yeah, I could make myself some earmuffs. So, or something. so. <laughs> <laughs> What NSYNC song would you choose to be stuck on repeat? I don't even know how to answer this question. <laughs> We're going to answer Not it. it. <laughs> Not it. I don't no? know. No? No, I don't know. I was going to say Backstreet's Back, but that's Backstreet Boys, not NSYNC. Yeah. So I don't even know an NSYNC song. To... I mean, I could make up anything, and you'd be like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that like one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Okay. Right on. Right on. NSYNC. For the rest of your life, but you have opposable thumbs. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Have you ever done the done the exercise where you tape your hand and you no. tape your thumbs down to your hand and you don't have opposable thumbs for a day? No, have you? Yeah, it sucks. For a whole day? Oh yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, you've never done that. <laughs> this is as like an exercise. Or? Yeah. To to figure out how important your thumbs are. Was this in a survival? situation class or something i don't remember they're just for fun now i'm sitting here with my thumbs taped to my hands i don't know how you'd organize the christmas closet with no thumbs that would be a really difficult (laughs) task the christmas closet is a very important place oh man that i hold dear to my heart well just put on your nsync and keep those thumbs (laughs) that would be a nightmare in the christmas closet when you put it that way (laughs) (laughs) oh shit um cool do you have any concluding thoughts before we wrap up the podcast um i don't think so i think just get if you're not into archery already give it a shot Mm -hmm. give it a try literally give it a shot give it a shot (laughs) wasn't that good give it a shot yeah um go don't take a chance and go into a a pro shop if you haven't done it already and just feel the difference for sure yeah any whatever your local pro shop is for sure well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really me. glad that we got to talk about a lot of this stuff. Um, and, you know, I look forward to what insane trips you guys maybe have coming up next year in March or April. 
who knows what that holds you in March know. or April. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good four-week window right there yeah. of yeah. time to go do some really epic hunts. But, you know, who knows what those hunts are going to be. You never know. I definitely don't. <laughs> and I'm not hinting at anything. <laughs> so, thank you so much again for coming yeah. on. I thank appreciate you, you taking the time out of your life. And, you know, look forward to what's to come. And we'll see you at the West Coast Broadhead shoot. Sounds great. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.